0: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat medical conditions or problems. It is not a substitute for seeking veterinary attention for your pet. If you have concerns about your pet's health, please contact your veterinarian. Welcome to Pets Our Family. I'm Dr. Leanne Debbie, and joining me is Tom Lapidat.
1: Good afternoon, Dr. Debbie. How are you today?
0: I'm good. How are you doing? Excellent. You know, we tried to do an episode two, and the recording just didn't work out, so we're doing a retake of an episode two.
1: (laughs) But, I feel good about this yes, one, too. This yes. is going well so far.
0: So um, so for those of you who may have listened to our first episode many moons ago, it feels, um, we had some false stops and starts and stuff. So here we are trying to get this going again. Um, Tom had some medical issues that had to be dealt with, and oh, he yeah. is back That's and doing right. better. That's right. Uh, we are very happy that Tom I, is still with us. I
1: appreciate that. <laughs>
0: uh, and so now that it is... Beginning of September, where has the year already gone? Oh, my goodness. It's crazy because we started this, I think, in March. Yeah. Trying to get this thing kind of on the road. Yeah. Um, and now it's September. It's unreal.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> but we're, we're on it now.
0: Yeah, yep. Now we're we on it. So with it being September, this um,
1: month Before is, we get into oh, this... Sure. We need to tell people oh, how, how to find to, us. How to find us?
0: Yeah, that's a Facebook, really good idea. Instagram,
1: email. Yeah, all of course, there. you're going to listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, of Google course. Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you find your downloadable content. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. You're going to find us in all those spots. You're going to find us on Facebook and Instagram. And where in the world?
0: Yeah, how do you find us there? How, so, do, you, how do I find you? Instagram is just our the name of our podcast, Pets Our Family podcast. And then on Facebook. It is at Pets Our Family the Podcast. And if you wanted to email, I do have a dedicated email address for us. Okay. So if you had any specific questions, comments, please keep them kind um, because there is a lot of cyberbullying out there and unkind comments will not be addressed.
1: No, we so, don't. No. Yeah. Don't.
0: So let's just keep it kind, keep the questions general. Um, do realize again that this is not something where I'm going to diagnose your pet over a podcast. Um, but if you have general questions or topic suggestions, that's really what we're looking for on the Absolutely. email. And we would love to hear from you. You can also reach out through Instagram and Facebook yeah, to do that Messenger as well. or Absolutely. whatever. Absolutely. So our email is petsourfamily2021 at gmail.com. So that's petsourfamily2021 at gmail.com. Awesome. So there's three different ways you can contact us.
1: Let's get it going.
0: All right. So September is Service Dog Awareness Month. And I figured that this is a pretty good topic because we talked about this when we did the radio show. Yes. Actually, I think we talked about this a couple of times. We did. And the reason why we want to bring it up is because there are differences between what a service animal is, a, an emotional support animal, and a therapy animal. I'm going to
1: wager a guess that people do not even know.
0: That there are different That
1: there were three yep. different categories. There are three
0: different categories of mm-hmm.
1: animals you're going to see out there.
0: Yes. And we want to make sure that people understand that true delineation because people, as Tom and I were kind of talking before we started the podcast, that people tend to blur the lines Yeah. about what those delineations are. Yeah. And so figuring that out and helping people understand what exactly those are might help avoid some confusion sure. in the future, and also maybe some frustration and irritation yeah. for those out there that have true service animals, yeah. or those people who have emotional support animals, and and then those people who actually utilize therapy animals, and again, we'll get into what all of those different categories are. Yeah. So, I think the most important thing for us to start off with is, what is a service animal?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And this is uh, recognized by by the Americans with Disabilities Act. And that's where the whole idea of a service animal started. So a service animal is an animal that is designed to actually perform a specific function or service for somebody with a disability, whether it's something that you can see as the disability or what might be considered an invisible disability. So that animal has very specific training and has also been trained to ignore certain stimuli that would a normal dog or cat or whatever species uh, might respond to. Yeah, And so they are supposed to ignore certain sights, sounds, smells, people coming up and wanting to talk to them, and are very well-behaved animals.
1: Yeah, that's generally the ones that aren't going to go to the bathroom. Right. You know, in, in right. inside in <laughs> right. where where you are and
0: And so there might be some confusion between that Actually, there's a lot of confusion between that and an emotional emotional support animal. And I think this is where the the blurring of the lines is the worst. Sure. And an emotional support animal doesn't have to have specific training. It is usually actually somebody's pet um, that has... Some type of function in helping them cope with their daily life. Sure. Usually there's some type of emotional or psychological or mental health issue that that emotional support animal helps to alleviate the symptoms of. But they do not have the same types of permissions that a service animal would have.
1: What would those permissions be?
0: So what an emotional support animal is allowed to do is actually uh, live with that person. Even if the housing situation has a no pet policy Mm -hmm. and in some cases, now this has recently changed. Airlines used to have to let an emotional support animal ride with that person on an airline that is no longer required as of 2020. Okay. So this is why we're talking about this because people were blurring that line and calling their pets, emotional support animals, when they really didn't have a, a, an emotional need—an emotional
1: have, need for. It. I mean, obviously you have it because right,
0: a pet is a pet, and we have an <clears throat> emotional uh, attachment to them. Yeah, but a psychological. But this is like a next.
1: This is a next right. level kind of thing,
0: right? And if you don't have that yet, you're just trying to get your pet on the airplane without having to pay the fee, or you just want to travel with your pet. That's where it was starting to get abused. Yeah, and all sorts of bizarre species were coming onto the airlines, so. It's not just your dog and cat. We're talking snakes and birds and pocket pets and maybe even other kinds of arachnids and such. So something had to be done. Sure. And that has actually been changed as of last year.
1: Now, is an emotional support animal something your doctor will sign off on? Is, that, gen- ha- yeah. is that generally how, how that's
0: that designated? Is definitely how that works. And so you can't just have anybody write you an emotional support animal letter or get one. It's on not the a internet. veterinarian.
1: It is no. your personal care physician. Of right. Some sort. It
0: has to be a mental health professional or a physician. Okay. It cannot be your veterinarian. It can't be your family friend. It has to be somebody that you are currently under the care of that writes that letter for you. And you will find these letters available online, and that is not a valid letter. Okay. And you'll also find all sorts of. Harnesses, leashes, tags, identification oh, that you can yeah. purchase online. Designating your animal as an emotional support animal, but that doesn't automatically make them one.
1: Sure. I, I think that's a bigger problem when you're talking about a service Absolutely. animal. Absolutely. Because you can buy that on eBay or you really Amazon. Can.
0: You can buy that off of multiple websites and that's,
1: out there. So and that's really Yeah.
0: That's where the problem really lies, yeah. is that there are, you know, you can put this in quotes, but I mean, it really is true that there are fake service animals out there. Sure. Again, because people would like to take their pets with them into places where animals typically aren't allowed to go. And service animals, for the most part, are, are really dogs.
1: Yeah, They're, it was my understanding. It was two. It was dogs or horses. Yeah,
0: miniature horses, and there are limitations to where miniature horses can go. Yeah, they cannot go on airlines. Yeah, so they can't sit in the seat next to you. Yeah. or stand, I haven't seen
1: any stand at the grocery stand in the, store the yeah.
0: aisle next to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people actually have miniature horses these yeah, days as service know. animals. Uh, but a, a service dog is intended. So think of it like a guide dog for the blind. That dog is actually the eyes for that person. You can have hearing dogs for people, seizure alert dogs, diabetes dogs um, that will alert somebody if their blood sugar is rising or getting too low. So there are legitimate reasons for service animals to be out there. And that's just a hint of some of the things that these service animals can do. Some of them are also mobility animals. So they will help somebody rise from a seated position or somebody who cannot pick things up or open doors. Uh, as a matter of fact, I went to high school with somebody who was wheelchair-bound, and she had a wonderful service dog, and our high school actually tied tennis balls to the door so that they could be pulled open by this dog so that she could pass through the doorway. And he even graduated with her, so he got his own little diploma. Nice. <laughs> so it was great. But that's an example of what a true service dog does. There are multitude of things that they can do, but again, these are animals who have been trained for a very specific purpose
1: to help this person with a disability. How long does that training usually take?
0: It is you know? very individual. Okay. Um, guide dogs for the blind, I'd actually have to look that one up, but they start as puppies. And typically they aren't going to be paired with somebody, I don't think, at least for the first year or two after the training starts. And they have to meet very specific criteria if they're going to be placed with somebody who's blind as a guide dog for the blind dog. There are other entities out there that can help train dogs. Handy Dogs is one of them here locally. Um, But you don't have to have professional training for your service dog. They have to just have been very well trained and follow the rules of a service dog.
1: Sure. Uh, would PTSD be something that a service dog
0: it is considered a service dog um, as long as they 're they 're alerting to an actual pre-anxiety event. Okay. That they recognize that the anxiety is coming. They're not just there because I'm overall anxious. Sure. And calming me. That's an emotional support animal. But if if they know that there are certain situations that can arise when a person with PTSD is sleeping or out in public um, or entering unknown places, those dogs have very specific purposes. Um, examples are if they're out in crowded areas, they will. They're actually trained to try to force people to spread away from the person with PTSD because some of those people get very anxious in crowded environments. Sure, They are also trained to go into a building just like their military counterparts would have to have their front, have their basically their front and their back. So their six is what this dog is watching mm-hmm. and it's also watching their front. And so they will go in and clear a room, essentially looking around, making sure that there's nothing that this person would find anxiety driven sure. and then alert them that, yes, it's safe to come in. Uh, and then they are constantly on alert watching their back so that this person doesn't have to feel like they're constantly having to watch their back because that's what they had to do throughout the entire time that they were in the military. And we don't know what they saw sure. when they were out there and what triggers they might have uh, when they're in public and in- Situations. Another thing that these PTSD service dogs will do is these guys have nightmares and at-home anxiety. And those dogs will recognize the beginnings of an anxiety event and help to bring them back out of it, center them, uh, again, realizing that they have their back, and will also wake them up. Or lay on them or something to help them realize that they are safe when they're having one of those horrible PTSD nightmares. Sure. So yes, PTSD can be considered a service animal treated, or not treated, but assisted disease or disability. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's where some of these lines can also still get blurred because, okay psychological disabilities can be invisible to the normal person not recognizing that. Yeah. So it, you can't just go up and ask somebody, hey, is that really a service dog? It's not legal to actually do that. that are you, yeah. you, there you are you specific about... questions that, you that they're allowed you were, you to were, ask. You were
1: about to, I was about to ask that yeah. question. You saw the yeah. word balloon go up yeah, in front of me. kind of did. And I was going to be, <laughs> y- there are... Legal things you can do, and there are things that are illegal for you to do about a service animal. Asking what, what, for what purpose is this? Right. Is this a service animal? Right. You know, I see it has a vest on, but it's, you know, barking at other things, and it's, I know a service animal is not supposed to do that.
0: Right. You know, or is acting up
1: or or is, you know, eating scraps (laughs) off the floor, which it's also not allowed to do. But yeah, there is. There are
0: specific questions that they are allowed to ask. There you uh, go. And so um, essentially what that is is... Is it required because of a disability? Mm-hmm. And then what worker task does this animal perform? Um, but they're not allowed to ask for any kind of documentation to prove what the disability is because that is against the ADA. Okay. Um, it's not required of the person to say, This is what my disability is. You must accommodate me. No, that's what the animal
1: is that's there for. That's what the animal yes. is there for, but so, you have to you yeah. have to tell me what the animal yeah. does do for you. And a
0: lot of people don't realize that. They're actually allowed to ask those questions. Yeah,
1: because you know I, things get touchy. Yeah, it you know, really pe- gets
0: really touchy.
1: Things get touchy. S- situations get touchy. People get very sensitive yes. about it, especially if it's not a service animal. Right. They start to, you know, well, you can't ask me these questions, right. right. but there are questions that I can ask.
0: Right. And those are the two that are legal to ask. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. That What were those again? So is the dog a service animal required because of a disability? And then, what task or function does it provide? Okay. So that's it. So, um, they can say yes. It's required because of a disability. It's a one-word answer. Yeah. And then, what task does it? Rec- you know, is it there to perform? Yeah. You can summarize that pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, you can. That's a that's a sentence or two. Yep.
0: Yep. And again, no documentation is required. Um, and most people with legitimate service animals typically aren't going to have a problem.
1: They're with, not. With they're going to be fine with saying. Or it's
0: going to be pretty obvious that that animal is actually a service animal. Sure. So. Sure. Uh, and then, interestingly enough, service animals are not required to wear a vest saying that they're a serviced animal. But again, a lot of times you can tell a service dog by the way it's behaving with that person with a disability. Whether or not their disability is obvious to you.
1: Yeah. Because that thing's going to be very well-trained, yes. professionally or not.
0: Yes. And they are required, if they're going to go into a public place where food is going to be served, to get under the table and lay there and stay out of the field of walking and traffic so sure. that they're not tripping anybody. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be looking around, begging for food. They're not going to be disrupting the normal activities. A lot of times, if a service dog is present, most people don't even know it's there. Right. And that in itself should tell you that that is a very
1: That that is a animal. service dog and not an emotional Yeah. So <laughs>
0: exactly, uh, they're not allowed on the chair next to you.
1: No, they're on the ground.
0: They're on they, the ground they, under the table, laying down calmly and quietly. Yeah, unless Wait, they're being-
1: waiting for whatever yes. task unless they have, they're
0: asked to perform a unless
1: task. they're asked to perform the task
0: exactly and then they're allowed to perform that
1: implicitly task. or explicitly you right. know if you know if, if they sense a diabetic stroke coming
0: right they're gonna say they're, gonna, to jump, their owner.
1: <laughs> they're gonna jump into action yeah. but other than that you're probably not gonna see or hear the thing
0: right exactly whereas an emotional support animal a lot of people will carry them around with them now that's the difference somebody with diabetes you know as you're talking about carrying an animal um, they're allowed to carry that animal close to their face so that because the animals smelling their breath and the changes in the chemical compounds that are secreted into the the breath of the person with diabetes. That's basically probably, and they're wearing them as a chest harness kind of thing, so it's going to be a small dog typically. Yeah. Um, but your emotional support animals, a lot of people will just want to carry them in their purse or under their arm, put them in the basket of the shopping cart, and those really aren't allowed. We're talking sanitary purposes. Sure. And so that's why we don't want to have animals that aren't real service animals going in and out of places where they really shouldn't be having animals coming in and out of, whereas a service animal is trained to keep their bodily functions contained yeah, um, and not sniff and lick and try to pull things off of the counter, unless, again, they're pulling something down for the person that needs the assistance to yeah. do that. Yeah. But um, again,
1: that's going to probably be pretty, it will be pretty obvious in the situation.
0: Yeah. Now, therapy animals, that's a different story. Yeah. Therapy animals actually are trained um, to be well behaved, but they are typically going to go into a situation where children might need some emotional support.
1: Sure. Um, the hospital would be the, the first place. The hospital would is be probably, the first place. Because yes. so, I, when, I, when I went in for my procedure, mm-hmm. I didn't get any, you know, therapy dogs that came in after my heart surgery, but I saw them in the hallways. Yep. I said they are on staff and yep. they have a special place where they. They, you know, their people are brought down to them. and
0: You'll see some of these dogs in LAX, too, for people who really? are traveling. So they have very short time frames where they're going to be working, usually about a 30-minute time frame, because we don't want to overwhelm the dog either. But it's just to calm travelers down. so they can. See, because you can imagine how anxious some of these people who are traveling, first of all, LAX is huge, Yeah. and second of all, it's an international airport, so some of these people have had long flights or have delays, uh, even if they're not traveling internationally, and so these dogs will roam the halls and provide just that kind of couple minutes of respite to those weary travelers.
1: Well, I mean, petting an animal, a dog or a Mm -hmm. cat, has proven to lower your heart rate, lower your blood blood pressure, pressure, Mm -hmm. you know, calm the the breathing, you know, and and get you regulated. Exactly. Just, you know, that's that's science. It's science. It is.
0: (laughs) Uh, So these therapy animals, we do have some um, children here locally that can really benefit from that, who are coming from situations that might be very stressful in their home life, or they... Need a little bit of unbiased help with reading? Sure. So you have a dog that will just sit and listen that will to sit you read and, to them read. and isn't going to judge you. Nope. Doesn't care if you're struggling to spell out a word nope. or sound out a word.
1: Nope. She's just going to uh, sit there and enjoy listening yep, to you just read. Just the
0: fact that you're reading yep. is all that matters. And again, What a confidence you, boost. Right? They're just sitting there listening to you rapidly, yeah. you know, very attentive. Uh, and so this really helps some of these kids who might have some self-confidence issues sure. or just have some really questionable home life and just, need again that emotional release and those animals can be very helpful in in allowing these kids that emotional release Mm -hmm. and learning how to be empathetic Mm -hmm. where they may not have had that exhibited in their home life and learning empathy for another living being is really important for some of these kids who come from really troubled backgrounds
1: yeah yeah and uh there's oh, what's the name of the company Gabriel's Angels yes. here yeah. here in our southern Arizona and a fantastic job they do
0: They do they do, and there's uh, training that they have to go through and get certified with before you can become a Gabriel's Angels therapy yeah. animal.
1: You know, and they'll go into schools. They'll mm-hmm. they'll go into uh, shelters yeah. or you know, yep. y- uh, like youth on their own, and they'll yep. they'll go sit there. Los
0: niños, and, yeah, they definitely yeah, help yeah, out a lot yeah. of these kids. Yeah, uh, and so there's kind of your delineation. So you've got your real service animal. They mm-hmm. do a very specific function or group of functions for somebody with a disability. You have your emotional support animal that has to be certified that you need one by your mental health professional, and the letter has to be written by your mental health professional or your physician. And then you have your therapy animal that go in and provide that emotional support and just learning how to care for somebody or just that release that you know, you've know you been super stressed or you're sick and you just need to not think about what you're facing. Yeah. And those therapy animals obviously are not emotional support animals. They have a completely different function. Yeah. And again, they have limits on how much time they yeah. do their Yeah. And I mean, those
1: are the ones you see on the commercials. They mm-hmm. go up, the kid's in the, the hospital yep. bed and the, we're going to try something different today right. and exactly. then the dog comes I know exactly
0: up. which one you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, you know yep. the commercial I'm I know talking the commercial about. Everyone does.
1: <laughs> and you well up a little bit and you're like, exactly. you know, you're like all right, I get it.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, interestingly enough, um, I was reading through the ADA's guidelines on service animals, and if a person that has a service animal does need to go into the hospital, accommodations need to be made, if at all possible. If that person cannot care for their or their uh, service animal, then um, sometimes the hospital staff might have to put them in a boarding facility until that person is released, or that person can find a family member or friend who can still care for them in the hospital setting so that animal can be there in hmm. the hospital with that person uh, if they are able to either provide the care that they need or can have a family member or friend provide the care that they need while they're in the hospital
1: Interesting.
0: Uh, so that that animal can still be there to provide whatever service it is that they need.
1: Yeah. Um, and what are the two questions, again, that I can ask <laughs> somebody who says they have a service animal. Mm-hmm. But and, may
0: or may not. <laughs>
1: but may or may, but it may or may not be a, a service, service animal. animal.
0: So is the dog a service animal required because of a disability? Okay. And then, Yes or no question. Yep. And what worker task has the dog been trained to perform?
1: That's the one I'm Those gonna, are the
0: only two you can ask.
1: That's, that's the one. Okay. Yeah.
0: And if somebody's trying to push this situation further, then you have the right to refuse to answer any further questions if you are somebody with a legitimate service animal. You say, I've already answered your two questions that you're allowed to ask. There you go. And that's all you have to say.
1: Sure. Now, when I go to the grocery store and I see an animal there, mm-hmm. what percentage do you think are legitimate? Just legitimate.
0: You know, you don't really see very many legitimate service animals out there because there aren't that many that have been properly trained. And, you know, we don't live in an area where there's a high population of people with disabilities that are actually going to be out and about with a service animal. Um, so I would say if you're seeing an animal in a grocery store, especially if it's small, and it's mm-hmm. being carried by somebody. Yeah. Chances are ninety nine percent of the time that it's not going to be. I, a legitimate
1: I, had, not, I had nine out of ten in my yeah. head. I said maybe yeah. I'm going to find one yeah. out of ten. Maybe. Yeah. That's going to be. But I mean, in general, that's not yeah. that's not my you know to do well, whether they have it there or not or.
0: And if a uh, if you actually see a working animal, you're not actually supposed to approach them because they're doing a job, and we yeah. don't want to distract them.
1: Yeah, and that uh, and I've seen. That at the hospital too with the therapy dog mm-hmm. it'll say do not pet mm-hmm. it'll it'll you know
0: because, because they are currently doing a job
1: they're currently doing a mm-hmm. job
0: and those dogs know exactly when their vest goes on if they do wear one sure that they're going to work sure and their whole demeanor will change when they have their vest or their harness on uh, versus when they're off yeah um and so again don't don't try to pet these animals yeah they, they I think that
1: would also go the same for like a canine. Unit, Absolutely for, for, the for the police department department or or border patrol, because we mm-hmm. do live in southern Arizona, yeah. and we do have a lot of border patrol here, and you will see German Shepherds or, you know, whatever. The Belgian
0: Malinois. Yeah. Yes. The,
1: the dogs that they use for yeah. things. Again, that's probably not one. it may not have the vest on.
0: But you don't want to go up and just run up and say, mm, hey,
1: let me pet you. My guess is we're going to let them do their thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, those dogs are trained to also be the partner for their handler. Yeah. And they're going to be on alert the whole time that they're at work. Yeah. That's their job, too. And if they feel a threat, they're trained to do specific things. Yeah to protect their partner sure. and the general public.
1: so it might, And those, a lot of those things aren't pleasant. No, they're, they're not. They're, they're going to take you down. Exactly. Is, is what what they're,
0: what's, they're meant to do that. They're,
1: they're meant to, you know.
0: Yes, they're meant to pacify somebody if necessary. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to also have your working dogs that aren't necessarily um, going to be physically involved in... Apprehension, But you also have those that are going to be your bomb-sniffing dogs, your drug-sniffing dogs, mm-hmm. your arson-detecting dogs, and your sure. search and rescue. So all of these animals don't necessarily fall under, you know, they're not service dogs, they're not ESA, they're not therapy animals, but they're working dogs. Yeah. And they all have been trained to do very specific tasks. Uh, again, we don't want to disrupt that when they're actually doing their job. So you might see some of these animals, sometimes beagles, will they have great noses, they're going to be in airports, especially in the international area. But
1: they're so, they're so attractive. They're adorable. They're so, they're so adorable. They're
0: adorable, but they're working. So yeah. let's let them do their job. Um, they're usually sniffing luggage mm-hmm. and looking for things that aren't supposed to be in the luggage.
1: I can't wait to see a beagle at the airport. Dr. Debbie, <laughs> a pleasure, as always. As always. Uh, pets Are Family Podcast. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. At- and
0: email. So our Instagram is Pets Are Family Podcast. Our Facebook is at Pets Our Family Podcast. And our email address is petsarefamily 2021 at gmail.com.
1: Give us some show ideas, yeah. give us comments, questions, concerns, keep it nice. Yes. And we will see you next time.
0: Great to hear from you guys. We're looking to hear from you. Please send us all the messages that you can.
1: And don't forget, pets are family.
0: Pets are family. That's why we're doing this
1: podcast. Talk good. <laughs>